1: I thought the fourth estate was time.
2: That's the fourth dimension. I thought the fourth estate was Georgia. With Granny and Bischoff. No, not state,
1: a state. You thought I was saying we're the state of Georgia?
2: Press box on a Monday morning, 8 a.m. hours coming up. Good 7 o'clock hour. You can check out the show afterwards, podcast up at lbsportsnetwork.com. That'll be a little after 10 o'clock. Willie Ramirez, Cofield in for the guys. You ready to do it? These are the most important stories Uh, at eight o'clock. The front page. All right, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Um, First of all, during the summer, you have some weekends where you're like, all right, there's the, the big bombastic event is not there. Now, I say this with Wimbledon being on this weekend. My God, times have changed or maybe I've just changed. Was Wimbledon actually appointment with viewing for you? Say twenty years ago, thirty years ago. You're pretty old. So am
1: Wimbledon I. was Wimbledon was a, a when I, I here's what's weird. I, I I took tennis lessons at the tro- old Tropicana way back in the day with my grandfather, but I wasn't into it. I w- I lo-
2: always loved football. Was that because you weren't good?
1: No, just I didn't want to sit there and watch it.
2: Were you good? No. Not not all.
1: No, I didn't play outside of taking lessons. Oh, okay. I didn't go out and do it recreational, so I mean,
2: do I could you, go out there and, and hang, but I just wasn't. Do you think I was good? Well he just—he 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 just eyed me up it, and down.
1: I, I would say sneaky good. That's what I'm going to say because, like it, because the way that the question was posed, yeah. it's like you're going to catch me off guard, and he's gonna, about to tell me he's like, "Well, I was yeah, actually I was like, on the varsity no, right, right. <laughs> champion,
2: uh No, I wasn't. Twelve and under. No, I wasn't. I I I was decent. But I couldn't even make my high school team. Like, I think I missed out on the last cut for, like, doubles. Um, I had a friend who was the number one player okay. and actually, like, a good juniors. Yeah. But I was never that good. The, the the two best guys in this building, rest in peace, BPF, ballpark Frank was like, an amazing yeah. tennis player. Like, yeah. I went out with him. And Frank was a big guy. Yeah. You know, Frank was probably, whatever, 340 pounds. I went out with him, and it's just like the ground, like, boom, boom. Now, could he get to anything short? Or side to side, not really, but if you put the ball near him, he ripped it. And then uh Doug Douglas, Doug Marsh, you know, he, he's pretty good. Plus he's like six five, so that helps. That helps on the serve.
1: Yeah. Ballpark and I, we we covered world team tennis when it came here and Las Vegas had a team here. And uh man, he he enlightened me on a lot of the stuff and helped me with some stuff that that I hadn't realized or didn't know because I I had never really heard of World Team Tennis, yeah, and then yeah. came here. So, Well, he was good, yeah. and
2: that I think that led to him being a massive tennis fan. You don't have to be good at tennis to be a fan, but I think it helps. Like, I used to go to the U.S. Open as a kid, so whatever, like 15 to like 21. Oh, We'd yeah, go yeah, up for the yeah, day. you yeah. take a bus yeah. from New Jersey to New York, and sure. I, I loved it. They had the outer courts. You could see all these different players, whatever, late 80s, early 90s. But what's happened over time, um, I just think it's a little too slow for me. I don't know the personalities. This is really bad. There, the Americans, I don't know what's happened to the American feeder system. There's, There really aren't. Like, Americans dominated for the longest time. And then the other thing that drew me to it, uh, I'm a massive sore loser and a hothead. So, like, late 70s, early 80s, late 80s, there were all these idiots who just screamed and yelled and freaking flipped out on, uh, you know, the judges. And I, I think some of that's gone now because they have the automatic whatever, the eyes that, you know, essentially make all the calls. But, yeah, my...
0: Me me 25 years
2: ago and me now, or 30 years ago and me now, it's totally different. Like, Nick Kyrgios is kind of interesting. Now, he lost to uh, Djokovic uh, because Kyrgios is a psycho. Now, the problem is he's apparently a psycho away from the court, so he was – I think he just got – I don't know if he was convicted, but I know he's under investigation for domestic violence, so you don't want that kind of stuff. But he's he's a weird guy, and he had an issue in the final. Apparently, there was some heckler, which, you know, that's what happens, you know, especially nowadays – and on top of that, you're a jerk. So I don't know what this lady was saying to him, but Kyrios is talking to the umpire, and he's like, you got to do something about her. She's hammered. Get her the hell out of here.
0: Yeah, but shouldn't be coming down to your opinion. She distracted me when I'm serving in a Wimbledon final. But there's not a bigger occasion. You didn't believe me, and then she did it again, and it nearly cost me the game. Yeah, okay, but why is she still here She's drunk out of her mind in the first row. speaking to me in the middle of the game. What's well, acceptable? Okay, so keep her out. It's a woman that dressed with. The, the one that looks like she's had
2: about seven hundred drinks. Yeah, the, the the ump was very meek. The ump's like, I don't know who it is, and he's like, he's like, it's it's her, her. Kind of, she's drunk. Get her out. Now, here's the
1: thing that I will say. Okay, when it comes to tennis, specifically Wimbledon, but all the majors, and golf. Hecklers are off limits, and I 100% agree with Guy. Now, was he fired up because he was losing and he was being a sore loser at the time? Probably, but the bottom line is that's just that's just straight etiquette in tennis and golf. End of story. Even okay, no, 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 no. You
2: know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna reopen the story. Okay. Okay. So we're not ending the story. All right. I actually, this is another reason I I, I have faded on both sports. I think both sports should be able to play with people roaring around them. You like everyone that. else does. Every other sport has to do it. Wait. So a free throw should be it should be all quiet on the road because that's what you're asking for. Good form, right? I bent down a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know why I did that. <laughs> but that, that's that's always driven me nuts about golf. And especially recently, there's this whole new crew of golfers who's like, you know, a blade of grass change in a pocket. And they're like, ah, I can't stop. You're killing me. I've always wondered in tennis like, yeah, you know what? Play with noise. Too bad. Too bad. So you're, you're, you're why does this have to be all gentlemanly with, you're on board with happy Gilmore I'm totally on board they would adjust eventually back in my day everyone was quiet Gentleman sport I don't know I haven't
1: I tell you what you know you asked you asked me you know do, do or it says in the did you watch I think there's a there's it's tennis for me has become you know depending who's in it you know just like with golf tiger in it nope no nah, probably not Serena in it nope probably not I mean now back then that's in the exactly da- back that's in the exactly day. what
2: happened to me. I don't really watch a yeah. whole lot either way, right. but I would much rather watch Serena yeah. over any male. 100%. I just I have not I have not at all latched onto uh Djokovic, Nadal, Federer. Like I was shocked last week. We were making the comparison between all-time great athletes winning a single event. Now, the greatest athlete we have right now from an American standpoint is look, Joey Chestnut. Right, so chestnut—that was a joke. Chestnut won his 15th. <laughs> Nathan's Nadal has won 14 French Opens. So I saw that, I was like, "Holy crap!" But I, it doesn't matter to me. If Serena retires, yeah.
1: I, can we nominate Kelsey Plum as the greatest female athlete in, in America right now?
2: I'm not ready for this. Okay, I need to. I need to do some research. I don't think I'm ready for that. Only if she I stays would say. In Las Vegas. I would say yes. Uh, no, I would say no. Actually, I would say no. Well, we'll, we'll get you'll, to, we'll, you'll pick
1: someone from UFC. We'll, we'll
2: get to uh probably not. Uh we'll get to Kelsey claiming that she's sort of the greatest athlete because she compared herself to a male athlete, which I, I thought was pretty interesting. Uh front page story number two. Barkley almost beats Aaron Rodgers at the celebrity golf tournament in Tahoe. By almost beats, I think he only lost by like 70 points. <laughs> Which for him is a right. He actually, you could bet, uh, I think the, the number was he needed to finish, I think it was 85 golfers. It was over under 70th place. He finished 74th. But his best score ever, I think he was a plus 23. They No, it's a minus 23. Is, is that that Stableford thing? Anyone know? Any, anyone? Um, well, he's just looking down like I have no idea. A- anyway, so Barkley, Barkley actually did play better. This is a feel-good story, right? For, like, the Duffers <laughs> out there. Because if you ever see... Yeah, you know, you, Barkley's old swing was like right, unbelievable. Right, right. How bad it was.
1: Well, and Barkley's such a lovable character. In you know, I mean, I don't think that there's. I think he's. I don't know if he's a love him or hate him on the on both extremes. He, it's kind of like, eh. You could go without him, but I think most people really just love his character. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you want to cheer for him. You want sort of the underdog. You'd like to see it. I thought the fun, the fun story from it was that he lost a bet with Aaron Rodgers at a ce- at this celebrity golf event. Uh and and there's $25,000 donation going to charity, but the fact that there's even the friendly wagering talk going on <laughs> right. where there would have been it would have been taboo a long time. Ago. Right. Yeah.
2: So why can't real golf be like that?
1: Well, I'm sure it is. It's just silent, See what, see what gets it?
2: me, right? Barkley, betting Rodgers you know, all those celebrities. I think that tournament is awesome, and actually, they let those people freaking roar. Right. Like, uh, whatever it is, the 17th, I think, is right on the lake, and there's there's boats, there's music, <laughs> but, you know, there's women topless out there. Like, Ahead and swing, let's go, come on, <laughs> concentrate. <laughs> but guess what? They're all they're all uh, mostly from sports where you can scream and yell and bust their chops. So, they've adjusted to it.
1: Well, yeah, they. I mean. So so, yeah, Let's just let's just implement it I, all just for you.
2: I need drama. Yeah, no, it's not for me. It's for it's. They would have a much bigger audience if every crowd was like you know the U.S. Open at uh, Bethpage, where they're screaming and yelling, and they're like, "This is out of control." Yeah, that's because you want to bring in yeah. all these different fans. You want to have people screaming, Tiger or, or Baba Booey in the background. <laughs> I'll tell you what.
1: <laughs> I'm 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 all for it, but we experiment like like an experimental like with the robot umpire. So we experiment only with Mickelson.
2: And if he adjusts, ah, oh, would be so awesome. I know you love Phil Mickelson. I know you love him. Now, speaking of that, this is also just why we talked about the jugular. story so much. This money grab by a bunch of dudes here and internationally with the uh, the Live Fifty Four Saudi Golf thing has been fascinating. Now, the British Open people have told Greg Norman, no, you're not coming. He's two time champion. You win. You get in, this is a great honor. You get to go for life, Willie. British Open. Greg Norman, blank off." Yep. Too yep. much? You like it?
1: All this hoity-toity, I'm, I'm we're, we're above it. I'm perplexed. blood money. I yeah. It's it it's perplexing. It is because because of specifically because of that. It's it it is. I mean, some people are going to con- they're going to continue to stick to their standards and the fact that you know what the people that are putting on that that live tour you know that what they represent. From a human standpoint, and I really don't have a problem if if people want to continue to, to to stand on that ground, then I it's it's hard for me to argue it because of based on the 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 human being aspect of, of, of what they're standing for.
2: NBA Summer League's got 50-plus games to uh, go as they're here the rest of the week. Tickets start at 50 bucks. All 30 teams are there. All the top rookies are there. You can get your tickets at UNLVTickets.com. And uh, the afternoon show, Cofield & Company, right here on ESPN Las Vegas, is out there all week long. Tune in today as it's uh, John Vaughn Tobel and Adam Hill. And when you get your tickets at UNLV.com, go by check out the sweet new set that we're working
0: at, and say hi to the guys. His development was all messed up coming into the league. I don't feel like – look at Pat and look at Lamar. They ain't play right away. I don't feel like Sam should have played right away. Yeah, that's true. So that's just – I feel like his career got jump-started the wrong way. I feel like being in the building, the coaches, I was there. You know what I'm saying? It was was all – it wasn't right. You know what I'm saying? So in his defense, I don't feel like he was developed 100% correctly. All of the
2: sun, none of the fun,
0: on the Press Box Summer Edition.
1: What
2: are you talking about? It's been lots of fun today. Willie and I mostly yelling at each other. It happens. It happens. Moving towards a halfway point, we're going to get into uh, a little bit of VGK offseason, especially with the newbies coming in this week. Danny Webster from the Las Vegas Sun is going to join us in about... Ten minutes. So on the way back, Robbie Anderson, who uh, kind of put his foot in his mouth, you know, crapping all over Baker Mayfield a couple months ago, and then well, Baker Mayfield's now in the Panthers, so he had to backtrack a little bit. But talking there about Sam Darnold, and obviously he's got a connection, you know, with Sam Darnold going back to the Jets, Raiders open like really open in sixty-two days. They practice open at the Hall of Fame game, which is roughly, what, 22, 23 days away. So the NFL is here. Camp opens up on the 20th for the Vets this month, 18th for the young guys. I wanted this audience to hear a convo that we had late on Friday on the afternoon show. We talked to Jakob Johnson. Do you know this guy? you know anything about him? We're kind of just learning about him. He's over from the Patriots. He's a fullback. 6'3", 255. I'm, I listened to the interview. By the way, from Germany. Yeah. It was a great interview. Well, he made it great. He no, made it definitely. great.
1: definitely. You and Adam had nothing to do no, with it. No,
2: we just lob them nonsense. Sure. Uh, but I'm always intrigued. I'm, I, I, I want to learn. You know, I'm an idiot, so I don't know a whole lot about Germany. I've never been there. I don't know the cultural differences. Uh, this is a guy who came over to Jacksonville. He actually did a big uh, youth camp this weekend at his high school. He played high school football in Jacksonville, then went to Knoxville, and now he's in Vegasville. No, he actually went to uh, Patriotland, Patriotville, then to Vegasville. Interesting story. He sounds uh, very happy to be here, but we did go down the path, as we often do, talking about food and adjustments coming to Vegas.
0: In my first week there, this, this offseason, uh, I got an opportunity to go to... Hofbräuhaus, which is like a a restaurant out there, a German restaurant, and uh, getting a chance to eat some real... Proper German food in, in the right environment, man. That 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 made a huge impression on me.
2: That's funny. You read my mind because I was gonna ask you, like, how much of a <laughs> desire do you have for German food? Like, I don't know. In town, there's another German place over on like Sunset and I think it's Decatur, yeah, Cafe ca- Cafe Berlin. Cafe Berlin. Yep. I
0: was there, and I was there too. Yep. Just, and just
2: as good. That's I cool. love German food, but I swear I just looked at TripAdvisor for German food in Vegas, and Auntie Ann's, which is like a mall pretzel place, is listed fourth. <laughs> like,
0: you're not getting German food at all. Out of here, if anybody who left a review for Auntie Anne's as authentic <laughs> German food, okay, I, I, we need to have a we need to have a conversation because we can't do that. Okay, we can't lie to the people like this. That's f-
2: Willie, would your living hell be moving somewhere permanently, and you couldn't get what kind of food? Italian,
1: authentic? Yeah, Middle Eastern, my heritage. Really? Yeah, I gotta have. You I have get, a lot of
2: heritage. That's that's the thing. At, so <laughs> Middle East? Well, we all do. Lebanese. Uh, Okay. I'm Lebanese and that so you. And,
1: and 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 so let me and let me clarify. That doesn't mean show me where the authentic Greek food because most Greek restaurants when you look Here at their go. menu, I got it. They have Lebanese, traditional Lebanese right. food. So you're going to have to get me traditional Lebanese food. Italian, here's why I wouldn't put Italian first because I take pride in the fact that I can cook mm. good food traditional so Italian it. recipes. I cannot make and that's what's crazy is I'm half Lebanese, but my like I think back to the seventies when my grandfather and his sisters, my Aunt Jesse, Aunt Libby, Aunt Pete, they would come out and they would make from Canada, they would make the authentic Lebanese food and it's to die for.
2: So bad scenario for you would be I mean, as so many males do who are over sixty, um, I'm expecting Magnum to do it pretty soon. Uh, you move and retire to Thailand, mm. and you're like, "Where's the Lebanese food?" Right. Yeah. There's a lot of other good things there. We know why you went there, but you can't get Lebanese food.
1: The fact that you sent me to Thailand though isn't isn't a bad thing because I do love some good
2: <laughs> Thai food. <laughs> Here's more Jacob Johnson.
0: Food is, is a huge thing, man. Sometimes when you just have a. You know, kind of like a, a rough day. Like, I, my, my whole family is still in Germany. I have three younger sisters. My mom is still over there. Oh, wow. So, sometimes we just miss, when you need that moment to, like, you know, remind you that everything's going to be all right, you get you some nice schmetzle and a schnitzel and, and your day is okay.
2: <laughs> By the the uh, the genuine pronunciation where we're like, whoa, okay. I hit, and you know who would like appreciate... Like, I don't say schnitzel that way. You know who would appreciate, or, or this, com- house. Who would appreciate
1: this conversation is our <clears throat> our guest from earlier, this in John L. Smith, because... Back in the day, on Paradise, across from the Convention Center, old school Vegas people. Where are you at? Ch- check in on Twitter. Alpine Village and the Raskeller was the place in Las Vegas. You went nowhere else but that place for German food.
2: Jacob Johnson, fullback from the Raiders. So he talked about the importance of food. This is what got me: is you know, there's as we just said, you you know, you go abroad, you move somewhere else, and you're like, wait, the stuff I'm used to is not there. He has stumbled upon something that he loves. Adam Hill will lead in here. Max Crosby said he doesn't trust anybody that picks blue cheese over ranch.
0: Uh, Jermaine Illuminor said that mayonnaise is incredibly overrated. Who, who had a better take? I'll go with Max here. Okay, and let me tell you Ooh. why. Right, ranch is ranch is elite. We don't have ranch round from. Right, yeah. we don't have ranch. <laughs> so the first time I came over here and I put some ranch next to some 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 buffalo chicken. Right, Some buffalo chicken way. Yeah. It changed my mind. It changed, it changed my whole life. Right, it was a whole new experience. Like like I I try to bring ranch bottles back home to Germany like that and I'm not the only one you could ask any German player that's ranch is one of the things the first things that we talk about apparently
2: Stuttgart very rich black market ranch See, you, you I, can make a lot I, of money
1: I don't a lot I, of money I don't know if I should expose myself in 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 being the Dame Lillard loyal uh, part of the company but I had earbuds in walking through the grocery store listening to this interview dying laughing at did you, that did you part. pick up ranch. No, it was just fun. it was a great part it was a, just a great part and I'm laughing and people around me are looking at me but it was a fantastic because I'm laughing going this guy makes sense." like he he it was like a kid in a candy store going what this ranch is this is remarkable like you can just feel the excitement him talking about him first experiencing ranch but um I I, I I'm a blue cheese on wing guy but I don't mind I don't think it's a. Yeah, I mean, I don't it's, think it's a travesty. It's got out you have of control. Ranch. Now, team Ranch now, and team,
2: team Blue Cheese going to war.
1: Okay, now what about what about if you're in the mood to dip cuz I don't always do this, but I also don't mind people to dip pizza into the ranch.
2: I think it's stupid. Oh, okay. The significant other does it. We have so many ranch little you know little uh, freaking Takeaway you know, dippers. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, come on, you enough, gotta have enough the with but, the ranch. But I
1: will say that the takeaway dippers, if you go someplace, you gotta not. Have the take- not by the way, not th-
2: not English. They're better than store bought.
1: It's
2: oh, better it's the, than store bought. Most restaurants. Ranch. Yeah. Well, many restaurants will make their own ranch. Yeah, you have to. Right. So it's not just you know uh, out of the uh, the tube there. Our
1: boy Chris from down the street. You know his 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 homemade blue cheese and homemade ranches.
2: Exceptional. Nice. Yeah. Uh, the mayonnaise comment. Jared look extremely pissed off. Let Jakob Johnson finish off the mayonnaise take.
0: Jermaine is from England, okay, and, and and I love Jermaine to death. The British don't know nothing about food, okay. <laughs> so anybody who do, who doesn't put mayonnaise with that with their fries, that's who I can't trust.
2: Wow. Okay. Strong take. Uh, there is a good chance someone has to be traded now.
1: That,
0: that,
2: <laughs> I don't know if this I don't know if this locker room can coexist with part- Max and Illuminor and Jakob. This was the part of the interview where I almost
1: texted one of you or Adam for when it comes to mayo. 'Cause I think that Adam was trying to go over uses of it, but what I one of the things I was gonna say is it's a good binder. You you ever see like the, the reels or the TikToks where they're cooking and the and the guy does the you know, we're gonna use mustard as yellow mustard as a binder. You, you you massage it in with the prep gloves into a big piece of meat, and then you put your seasoning so it binds in. Mayo's a good binder.
2: Mayo over mustard as a binder? One of the two. No,
1: just depends. We're ranking here. Oh no, mustard over
2: mayo. You're on team mustard, not yeah, yeah, team mayo. Yeah, yeah. Now we actually have a real well, you're a real chef, but this man's a baker.
1: I was just going to say, you mix you mix the mayo and the mustard, and then you get kind of a quasi-deviled egg flavor. I'm actually pissed at Jared for years now because he's never, still never made me my...
2: Uh, we we're pretty excited uh, not having a first-round pick. You sit there and watch a lot of names. come off the board, but, uh, you know, we... You meet after the first round, and you kind of plan your strategy for the rest of the draft, and I thought... Uh, Went quite well for us. We we're uh, really happy with uh, the way things turned out. You're
1: listening to the Press Box Summer Edition.
2: Let's go! Fire it up! Fire it up! Personnel, see, dude. BGK draft. We'll get into the draft a little bit. I think Willie's going to shoot it all down. Uh, let's talk Vegas Golden Knights. We're starting to ramp things up. You just had the draft. They didn't have a first round pick. We'll get into that. And uh, guys are going to start arriving in town. So. Uh, I assume many of them are from cold weather areas, so enjoy it. It's 112 all week long. Danny Webster's with us. Danny, how you doing, buddy?
3: doing good, guys. How you doing this morning?
2: We're good. You fired up?
3: I'm, I'm about ready to get back into a giant air conditioner. I'm pretty good,
2: yeah. There, there you go. There you go. All right. Uh, I think Willie is anti-VGK draft talk, so we're going to give you the floor, and I want you to tell the audience what the Knights uh, accomplished in terms of the players they grabbed, and could you tell there was a certain approach?
3: Uh, not really an approach. I think they just kind of wanted to take the best player available at, which I guess would be their approach. I think given what they've had with the six picks that they had and the trade that they made, obviously they traded a couple of times, one time to get a goalie out of, uh, the USHL. Um, I, I think when you look at overall, the kind of players that they got, they got a couple of, couple of scores. They got a couple of guys that play a good 200 foot game, uh, only one defenseman, because I think their prospect pool is so stacked in the blue line that they really didn't need to worry about that. But they really like the goalie whitehead that they got out of Lincoln. I think Patrick Guy that they got from the, from the queue in Charlottetown. He's a big goal scorer, scored a lot of goals. I think he had 55 goals last year. He's a little bit of an overager, so that kind of flipped his stock a little bit. But other than that, uh, they really like the Sapovalov kid from, uh, from Saginaw that they took in the second round. Overall, I think they accomplished what they needed to, and I think that uh, they're pretty satisfied with the draft that they got.
1: Let Danny, and the thing is with fans, you know, you're know, you going to see this, or, or people that maybe aren't close to following hockey, they're like, okay, well, how did they set themselves up for this season? Okay, settle down. This isn't the NFL, or this isn't the NBA. There are no immediate impacts. It's more like baseball, where a lot of these guys we will not hear from for a couple of years. How rare is it? that a guy from a draft pick in the immediate season shines with the big team.
3: I mean, you got to look at what Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, those kinds of guys. I I think when you look at this year, you look at this draft, you look at Lefkowski going to Montreal, number one, overall, he could be someone that might get a, a lot of playing time or he could start in the AHL and eventually work his way up. Obviously there's Shane Wright uh, with Seattle, the consensus top prospect. Um, But when you look at Vegas and you look at the guys that they've drafted, you're not really going to see any of these guys for at least a few years. If anything, they'll get to Henderson first, they'll have a couple of development camps, and then they'll eventually make their way to the pro ranks, and then the people here can see a little bit more than Henderson. But as far as making an immediate impact, you're not going to see that for a very long time.
1: Considering how this team was built with the expansion draft and then trades with prize acquisitions, who would you say in the first five seasons has been the most successful draft pick for the Golden Knights?
3: Nick Hague. I think I think it would probably have to be Nick Hague because one he was one he was from the original draft class, and two he's the last one here, pretty much. Uh, and the fact that he's going to be in line for a for a big payday coming up, and this in the next couple of days, we we essentially believe whether it be from the Golden Knights. Or whether it be an offer sheet from another team, uh, he has definitely improved leaps and bounds from when uh, from when he first got here. And I would say right now, you know, obviously Brendan Brisson is you know to be determined. There are a lot of guys that are very talented that are to be determined. But you look back at that first draft class, the only one that's left is Nick Hague, and he was one of the top pairing defensemen this year. So I, I think when you look. At, that ov- at the overall aspect of that, it would have to be him.
1: Once again, talking to Danny Webster, Golden Knights beat writer for the Las Vegas Sun. He's been covering the team since its inception, starting with NHL.com and now with the Las Vegas Sun. Development camp starts today. Danny, what do you expect to see? What are you looking forward to most?
3: I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of the top guys that we haven't seen yet. There are a lot of guys that, you know, over the last couple of draft classes that we haven't gotten a chance to look at, uh, obviously with, you know, we referring to last year's first-round pick, Zach Dean. There's Brendan Brisson from a full development camp angle. There's Daniil Cheka. There's a lot of guys that we haven't seen because of the pandemic and the fact that they've canceled these development camps over the last couple of years. So it, I think it's 44 staters, which under normal circumstances is not a large... Uh, development camp but given the fact you look at other teams around the league and some of, some of the teams are having 18 to 20 maybe as high as 24 there's 44 skaters because there's a lot of players that the golden knights have not been able to look at over the last couple of years so given the fact that that is the, the biggest thing to come out of this this is probably going to be one of the more intriguing development camps that that we've seen since since uh, the team started
2: Willie, it's Cofield, Press Box, Danny Webster is in with us talking Golden Knights. All right, for you, what is the biggest question going into this season? Because for me, it is the goalie situation, then Bruce Cassidy and what he does with the power play, and then there could be the Eichel relationship with the head coach. What's the biggest question for you?
3: I think the, I think the biggest question comes in layers. The first one I think for me is how, how in the world are they going to get under the salary cap, and the next couple of days are going to be very mm-hmm. interesting to see how their approach to free agency goes. And depending on how that goes, then you go into the goalie situation and you wonder if Robin Leonard or even Laurent Brossoit are going to be healthy enough in time before the start of the season, which uh, national reports have indicated that neither of them will be available uh, to start the year. So then you got to go into this offseason potentially looking for another goalie option and then you have to wonder if you if you can rely on a veteran and then have logan thompson split that whole ordeal and then of course how does bruce cassidy's team look on the ice given the fact that they are still a very top heavy team he's going to have a really good top six to work with he's going to have a very solid defense core around him and if that system in Boston translates to Vegas, they, they have the personnel to have a very good season. So definitely a lot of questions, and I think they're all layered on top of each other. And when you answer one, then you can kind of quantify it with another one. So there, there are a lot of things to look forward to this season
2: and how it's going to go. Sticking on the goalie situation, uh, Keller McCrimmon, the GM, goes on a podcast and says that, Leonard flurry that DeBoer always favored Robin Leonard over flurry. What do you make of that?
3: Yeah, that was a, that was a very interesting one. And uh, obviously it sounds like another instance of throwing someone under the bus, but I mean, that's neither here nor there, (laughs) but you you know, that that is an entirely interesting situation. I I wouldn't be shocked in the fact that Pete DeBoer would have favored Robin Leonard, just be, for, from the tangible aspect, you know, whether it's he's younger, he's signed long-term, you don't know what you're going to get from Mark andre Fleury for the last number of years, all of this ordeal, you really don't know what to expect. So for me, at least, it, I don't know. That's, that's a very crazy situation. Sounds like another situation where he's throwing him under the bus and, you know, just, you got to be the scapegoat somewhere. And it starts with that, I would suppose.
1: So let me ask you this, Danny, because I'm trying you you know all these uh quick and easy websites to find the you know different different signings or free agents, whatever, and I don't know how accurate this one is, so I'm just I'm just spitballing here. But I'm looking at a list of what I think are uh 2022 NHL free agent goaltenders. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm seeing names like Koskinen, Kemper, uh Grease, Halleck. Who out there is available or who out there is approachable that if they have to reach into the free agent bag, who do you see them going after or who they should go after?
3: Well, if you're looking at the free agent market, it's going to be next to impossible because number one, they're not going to sign Darcy Kemper. He is going to command him. It, the, the last number I had seen from a national report was he wants Grubauer type money, which is six years, 5.9 million. So gold Knights are automatically the ring if they're going to address the goalie situation, if Robin Leonard or Laurent Persois Persois is not traded by, you know, October 11th, um, if they're looking to add a goalie, it's going to be to the trade market and two names that I think kind of fit the mold with what they want to do. Uh, Jake Allen in Montreal, obviously Sean Burke is now the director of goaltending for the gold Knights and now the goalie coach. Uh, he he came over from Montreal. So there is that familiarity there. Uh, I don't know how much of a price it would take to acquire Jake Allen, but that is someone that I feel would fit at least the short term need for the Golden Knights if they needed to. Another guy that I think they could possibly look at, another veteran, Brian Elliott, over in Tampa, signed to a very cheap deal. Uh, Tampa is a very interesting situation because they would like to keep, I I would presume they would like to keep the tandem of Vasilevsky and uh, Brian Elliott there. The problem is is that Tampa's goaltending situation, they're not going to have any cap space either to go out and get a goalie themselves. So would they really be inclined to do that, or would they want to go ahead and move forward with the development of one of their top goalie prospects, Hugo Alnafeld, and put him as the backup to Vasilevsky? I don't even know if they would do that. So that might be a little bit out of there. They, there might be other names that could potentially be available, uh, Semyon Barlamov, but his cap hit is $5 million. That's going to be hard to do. So there are guys out there. It's going to be very difficult for the Golden Knights to go out and sign someone. So if they're going to get somebody, they're going to have to trade somebody, and it's going to probably cost them draft assets, which, of course, they have not been shy of moving those before. So I think if they are going to make a play for a goalie, whether between now or October, it's going to be through the trade market.
1: All right, so real quick before we move on to the next subject, what you're saying is if they're going to trade, it's going to be for the short term. They're going to want to hold on to Leonard, so they're not going to shed the $5 million with Leonard and trade for another goaltender.
3: Yeah, I I can't see that happening, Willie. I I, I just, the, the commitment that they made to Robin Leonard for the next five years, unless there is a team that is desperately needing a number one goalie, or if they really think, if they really think that Logan Thompson is the future right here, right now, I, I, I can't see them trading away Robin Leonard. He, as, as soon as he's healthy, he's the number one guy, and so proven otherwise.
1: All right, great stuff. Um, appreciate you coming on, Danny. Make sure you are following Danny on Twitter, at Danny Webster 21 He will have all your updates from development camp this week with the Vegas Golden Knights. Danny, appreciate you coming on.
2: Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. There he is, Danny Webster. Las Vegas, son. We had a poll question to uh, start the weekend, and this is kind of going back in time. Going into this year, who would you rather have at goalie? Right. So I included Mark Andre Fleury, right, because yeah. they they could have kept Fleury, right, right. And if Fleury just signed two-year, seven million dollars, I don't know if the Knights would have got him for that. But your choices were moving forward: Mark Andre Fleury, two-year, seven million; Robin Leonard, three-year, seventeen million, which is what you know he's owed. Logan Thompson, three years, $2.3 million. So we got over 800 votes on this. We got a lot of feedback. And, of course, then the Flurry lenner stuff starts. Um, initially, when this first came out, Leonard was at, like, 10%. It was like, oh, my God. Um, a lot of Leonard support came in, but he still finished third. Your other choice was none of the above, which I actually thought would be kind of a popular choice. It was only 5%. But Logan Thompson won out 47%. Marc-Andre Fleury, people love him. But that is an affordable contract. Uh, 24.5% and Leonard was 23.6%. You surprised by that? I voted. What'd you vote for? Thompson. Why?
1: Because he's young and he's the future. He's, 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 I believe that he's a number one goalie. I believe that he proved that he can be a number one goalie. I believe, here's the thing. At what point do you, at what point do you, Decide that he's a number. I mean, didn't he prove himself? The only way he's going to do it further is to actually be thrust into that spot.
0: Nah, believe this or not, man. You know, in the NFL, they only give you like two to three years to be
3: a successful quarterback, especially if you're a first round draft pick. And if you if you don't succeed after those
0: years, then just kick rocks, man. So basically, they don't put two into that. You know, I feel like so it's, it's basically his last year, man, just to show people what, what he got.
2: Back to the Press Box Summer Edition. What do we say all the time about the new media, right? Draymond Green and his new media. And I've responded to that multiple times by saying, hey, guess what? The old media, sometimes we actually filter what you say, do some follow-up questions. Tyree Hill is a perfect example of the new media gone wrong. Because without a filter... He's a horse's ass. You you never that is ridiculous to say that about your starting quarterback. You're new to the organization and you just said like he either does it this year or he's gone. Like are you the GM? Are you Chris Greer? Bruh. Stop. Please stop. All right, a couple of questions about the NFL we gotta get to. Uh one. The NFL is clearly looking for a streaming platform to host Sunday ticket. So my, re- my reaction to that is anything is better than what we've had with DirecTV because it just hasn't been ex- uh, accessible enough. Am I missing something here? Because I'm also the idiot who, when we started talking about cutting the cord four years ago, I'm like, this is a dream. I finally get to cut the cord. No DirecTV, no Dish Network, no Cox Communications. Ah, oh, this is going to be great. Somehow I'm paying triple what I paid five years ago. <laughs> so, like, I I don't know. I don't – I. Like, what do you, both of you guys, Jared and, before Jared, when he's done giggling, for both of you guys, what is the pitfall or pitfalls of this being on Apple, Amazon, who, there was a, a third choice too, but what, like, what do we have to worry about? How do we get screwed on Sunday Ticket? I don't think that you really get screwed. By the way, Disney's involved too.
1: I don't think, I don't Amazon, think you, Apple, Disney. I don't think you get screwed as much as. Maybe with it being with Directv because, you know, unless they tie it in where you have to buy, you know, specific. But I mean, a lot of these platforms, if I'm not mistaken, which I don't subscribe to any of. Well, no, excuse me. I as an Amazon Prime member, I would get it.
2: Do you know but, what you pay for Amazon Prime now? You know what you pay, or you just you're in and you just keep doing it.
1: I believe I pay twelve ninety
2: nine. Okay, so twelve ninety nine. So you're looking at upwards of one hundred seventy bucks. Do you think it's going to stay at 170 bucks once they get the NFL? Will you have a choice? Will you know? Will Granny have a choice? You know, my mother, right? Will she have a choice where she's like, "No, you, you opt know, in." What? How yeah, much?
1: No, 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 F that, absolutely. and she'll actually say the F. No, absolutely, you'll have to opt in. They're yep. not going to make. They're not going to make Nana pay an extra. Oh, I think they will. I don't. I disagree. Really? Why would they?
2: because they got us. Yeah, I was going to say they got cause they, they can cuz they got us. No. Free delivery. They no. got us. No, I don't How many boxes I, I do think, you have? How many, think, many boxes do you have coming to your house?
1: A month? Well, I'm part of the subscribe uh, and save, so I get a lot. Okay. Like specific things. Like I got mouthwash coming tomorrow.
2: Wow, you're hardcore. <laughs> your heart you've you've eliminated.
1: I have eliminated brick and a mortar. lot of toiletry stuff at the grocery store, and I will say that it's helped me. Because if I have to go down the aisle, because it cuts time in the grocery store of having to hit those specific aisles. And uh, paper products, too. Help me out during the pandemic, because I, 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 I had a nice stock in February 2020 of tons of Cottonelle. Nice. So when the, the shelves were empty, I could have sold them for premium prices.
2: Yeah, I wish I had cornered the market on pasta. Remember, how, remember the, the great yeah. pasta shortage of yeah. 2020? Yeah. That hurt. And rice. And rice too.
1: Pasta and rice. I had bodybuilders, obviously, you know that knew Jordan. They were coming to the house to, uh, to quote unquote, borrow. They were like, "Hey, can we borrow a couple of cups of rice, jasmine rice, pops? I, and I was like, borrow, "No, dude, I don't want it back."
2: <laughs> I think I gave, I think I gave Ari some rice. Ari was like really short on rice, so I was the, uh, the rice you, supplier.
1: You stocked me up on some uh, pasta. Well,
2: because we we yeah, got we got a bunch of great. free pasta from some dudes, so I gave some of that out. That was kind of crazy. What about you with Prime? I mean, I subscribe, but it's mostly, it's
1: it's honestly mostly so that I don't have to listen to, well, I won't have to. Troy Aikman on Thursday Night Football. I can switch over to the like
2: Scoutcast or some weird So will you play opt like in on, on Sunday tickets? Uh, uh, your bill goes up to $25 a month for the year, the whole year.
1: I mean opt I opt in. How pay for off- game Pass. Let, so me ask yes. you, let me ask you this. How often do you do you really, if you if you subscribe to that in the past, how often do you actually take advantage and swap swap around and sit there and look and watch every single do you do you, do you, do, you do that?
2: Um I didn't, but I also discovered because I didn't have Sunday ticket that I went out every week and inevitably spent like $150 every Sunday. So like you you think on the front end you're like, oh my God. You know, two hundred and fifty or three hundred dollars for all the football games? Yeah, as opposed to what, two thousand dollars. Now like everyone doesn't go out either. And you can go to casinos and get it for much cheaper, but unfortunately, you know we 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 get yeah we get other stuff and and uh, I'm 100% Jared's given the drinky drinky <laughs> sign. Yeah. That's that's Listen, one of our problems. I'm one of, i well, that stuff ain't that, cheap. That's
1: not my problem. I don't have that issue. <laughs> A bottle of red wine and I'm good. And cooking cooking sauce and stirring gravy all day and drinking red wine, I'm good with. But you know what? I'm also content with red zone. I am, I've ever since that came about, however many years ago, I've been fascinated by NFL Red Zone and I'm
2: cool with it. Boy, this is going to be fascinating if they, it's not an opt in and they just tack it on on Prime. Or all of a sudden, if Disney, like you can get Disney in a pack right now for like seven bucks a month, all of a sudden, Disney's like 25 a month and you have to, and you have, there's no opt in. There's going to be so many people who are not part of the uh, NFL audience when this thing goes to one of these services, they're going to be screwed.